You're listening to The Science of Superpowers with Tonya Dawn Reclar. Listen here, read the book, and dive into the experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Science of Superpowers. I'm Tonya Dawn Reckla. Really glad you're joining us again. We have wrapped up the Men of Co-Creation feature. That was such an amazing one. It, it was coming off of the, the our Black History Month celebration, our Women's History Month celebration, and we had some powerful, powerful co-creative men here in the studio. We were super glad to have them on and really, really grateful um, to, to know their story, to share their story um, about the contributions that they've chosen to make to humanity. Uh, really powerful episodes. If you haven't had a chance, go over and watch those. We had fabulous ones from Amika Swami, from Urban Laszlo, Perry Marshall, Paul Selig, Master Shah. Um, I know I'm forgetting so many of you. Really, really notable episodes. Please make sure you get over and watch those. You can get watch those on YouTube or listen on any podcast player, uh, your favorite one. And we're starting our latest feature where the Superpower Network celebrates courageous creativity with pride. We're honoring LGBTQIA plus contributions to how we see our world, how we see each other, how we express ourselves, how we live and how we love. In every era, every culture and every nation, Individuals challenging the status quo for an opportunity to creatively self-express make it possible for all of us. Thank you for having the courage to share you with us and inviting us to look deeper within ourselves toward what's possible. We love you. Love each other. We are into these conversations, folks. We have such an amazing lineup for you. Stories about what it's like to pave your own path, to to make way where no way's ever been before, to follow in footsteps um, that were courageously forged um, when when no no path was there before them. Um, These are amazing stories that come out of the LGBTQIA plus community. and, And they're hot topics right now. And we get that. We understand that we have expressed that as a nation, as a world, we're really divided on these issues. And and our take, of course, is just a little bit of a different perspective in the sense that that when you step back and look at it, we see the similarities in this conversation that we see in all the conversations. Um, And and sometimes it's kind of hard to see the forest for the trees. One thing that can really help is, is realizing that this isn't a new conversation. It's really not. It may feel really new and how we're talking about it right now may feel really new and super scary to some people like like on on, on all sides, right? There's no both sides. There's no either side. Like there is no group think on this. Everyone's trying to figure out how they feel, where they stand. Um, and it's really important that when you're doing that, you're, you're cautious about how you're being informed, right? And so, so it can help when we sort of knock out some of the sensationalism, which is, it's tough, right? Social media is like, all a clamor. Um, and we're seeing bills passed right and left and, 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 and who can, who can rush to get their input in? Um, and, and it's uncertain, right? And it creates a lot of chaos. And, and it's unfortunate that, that it, that it's happening at a time when there's all kinds of un- other uncertainty and chaos from the perspective that it makes it really uncomfortable for us. But it's fortunate in the sense that it's timely, right? This thread that we're seeing underneath all of this is this very clear call to balance what is out of balance, to find some harmony with systems that really no longer work. Um, It's kind of a weird way to look at it, 
but if you, if you can get a perspective that's wide enough, right, this evolutionary perspective with kind of an infinity lens, right? See, see how many generations you can look back, how many generations you can look forward. And, and one, you see that this isn't a new conversation. We just kind of change players and roles and, and how they appear. Because when we get afraid, we like to go after that, which, which, which we don't have a program for, right? We kind of short circuit. Our systems don't know what to do. We get scared. And so we go looking for the thing that might be making us afraid. And usually that's the thing that we understand the least, and um and that's and that's a very natural program um from a survival kind of basic humaning standpoint where a lot of people operate. And in that place it can be really hard to remember that we're talking about people. Um a lot of times we're talking about people and if children aren't the topic they're involved, they're connected, they're listening. At the very least they're listening. Oh my goodness, they're listening. <laughs> they're watching all of this. Um and that's really a, a where we can kind of start from, right? It is the fact that that when we have conversations about what we think is right or wrong, what we think is good or evil, what we think is natural or unnatural, most of us haven't really invested the time in understanding where our ideas come from, where our programs come from. In fact, if we really sat and thought about it, we couldn't tell you where our programs come from and why we think the way that we think. Um, we can drill it down usually to whoever told us something at the earliest possible moment of remembering when somebody told us how we should think about the world. But that's about as far as we can get unless we've really invested the time in our own programming, right? And understanding our, ourselves and clearing some of those programs and reprogramming things that work with in alignment with where the world is going. And, and in order to think this way, you, you really have to understand how dynamics work, right? And, and how the universal resonance field works and, and how to watch for what we've already voted on, right? And, and you hear me talk about this, how the field is all about popular voting, right? Popular vote. And, and it's a resonant field. So how we choose to look at each other, look at ourselves, what we choose to believe about how the world works, all of that gets inputted as this big collective sort of computer concept, if you will. Um, much, 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 much more complex than that. But but that's, that's a good sort of um, elementary model that we can use to think about it, right? To start to reshape our thinking and how we see our world and how we see each other. What that means is that, one, we really don't have any shared realities, right? We have shared spaces. And so a lot of the fighting that happens in these conversations, a lot of the fear is a fear of losing something that 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 we want to protect, right? Or, or, or having to deal with something that we didn't have to deal with before and, and some feeling like somebody else is putting it on us, right? Some loss, some threatening something is occurring to our to our reality. And a lot of that comes from the fact that we believe that we have shared realities. And, and in that belief structure, we have to fight to get agreement, right? If, if somebody doesn't agree with what we're seeing, then our reality comes into question. And, and, and at develop, certain developmental stages, like that's really uncomfortable and people don't like that. And so so we tr so they try not to do that a lot. And the way that, that people try not to do that is they simply go looking for the information that agrees and that which doesn't get sort of placed in, in places of um, disregard, um, if it's looked at at all. Simple sorting mechanisms, right? Very simple programs. 
very simple sorting, but that's about all some people can manage, particularly in fear. And so that's why those programs work the way that they do. Fabulous survival programs, really poor programs to run when we're talking about how to have community, how to share spaces. While we may not have shared realities, right? That's based on your perception, what you can see, the multitude of ways that you figured out how to map your world based on your experiences, your programs, your upbringing. There's so many variables that go into that and prove that we're not seeing the world the same way, but we do share spaces. We do share spaces. So on some level, if we can sort of start to accept, okay, wait, you don't have to agree with my reality. I don't have to agree with your reality because at the end of the day, we can't even really totally explain our realities to each other. We can just say, hey, this is what it looks like over here. And the other person could go, oh, well, maybe they're talking about this because in my world, it kind of looks like this. And we start to share um, enough and get patient enough with each other and, and, and talk enough in real ways that we can kind of put together these middle constructs, right? And the spaces in between us. And that's what a lot of us have started to do in, in these co-creative spaces where we acknowledge that there you cannot come into other people's realities. It just doesn't work, but we can talk about it, right? We can share, we can build mutual constructs based on some of these principles we've been working with. And when we're willing to do that, we see that that ultimately is sort of the way that we're going, right? Um, and how do we know this? Tony, what are you talking about? This is crazy town. But it kind of like, wait, hold on. It kind of makes sense, but it makes no sense, right? And, that, and that's a pretty, pretty common response. How do we know this to be true, right? Well, if you've been in this conversation for more than a minute, right? I'm coming up on 30 years in this conversation. You start to notice tread, threads, right? Whether it's gender oppression, you know, whether it's racism, whether it, it, it's oppression against the LGBTQIA plus community, you know, back in the day it was LGB, like, and we had just added a B, right? So it's like, it moves, it evolves, right? The conversations change, they ebb and flow, the definitions kind of move and shape, but but the thread is the same. And, and it's the same in all of our conversations, whether we're talking about those conversations, so any social impact conversations, um, the, the state of the economy, right? The state of the environment, right? All of it is helping us see that we've got some imbalances, some old programs that just don't support us anymore, not where we want to go. And where we want to go includes space for everybody. Space for everybody. Like no more is the world going to agree to, to systems that don't work for everybody, so let's go back to this LGBTQIA plus conversation that has everybody sort of twisted, right? In all kinds of directions, like, like from within the community, from outside the community, what is the community? Like, like, is that a community? Like, how does this work? And what are we really talking about? And, and ultimately, whether we want to talk about, you know, trans kids rights, whether we want to talk about sports, if we want to talk about operations, if we want to talk about um, you know, how, how dictating how we can love and who we love, right? I mean, this stuff goes all the way back to the Kinsey's, right? Like, this isn't new, right? Continuums of, of identity and expression and orientation and behaviors. And we know that we much, much, much prefer to be fluid in our creative expression so that we can grow and evolve. But we don't want to be fluid enough in our creative, we don't want to create enough space for our own fluidity that would require that somebody else be allowed to have if it, I got all kinds of excited about that. If it doesn't match up with the sort of fluidity that we want, right? Because we have that base level program of this territorialism thing, this kind of scarcity concept, 
we got to take a look at that because if we go back to this idea of the field has voted, like as a global community, we have spoken in loud numbers. We want to create spaces where we can all be free to, to express, to figure out what that looks like for us. If, if you don't believe me, listen to the younger generation. They don't owe us anything. They don't owe us to carrying on what we created, right? That's a weird thing to get through our head. The younger generations are not obligated to carry on what we created. In fact, smart people might look at this. Okay, I don't want to say smart people. That really sounds judgmental. But it, it's kind of a little bit of a frictiony point here because I think we're a little bit um, myopic in these conversations. And it would it stands to reason that if we want things to persist, if we want our way of being to continue, if we want the younger generation to shine a light on it and say, yes, we want to continue that, then shouldn't we be making something that they want to continue? That works for them. The amount of variability coming out of the younger generations isn't a fad. This isn't going away. We will never again be able to get ahead of the individuated creative self-expressions that we're seeing. I, I, I would put any kind of money on that. You want to talk about diversity training, sensitivity trainings, um, all of the labeling trainings, right, that we've been trying to perfect over eons, right, to try to get us attuned to this just freaking exploded in front of our faces. We're not going to stop finding new ways to express ourselves, not when we figured out how to do it. It's never going to end. So what do we do with that information? Do we resist it and try to keep shoving people back into boxes that actually never worked for any of us? Or are we going to get creative and say, all right, cool, got it. We're changing. We are changing as a people, as a humanity. We're changing. We're growing. We're evolving. We want something different moving forward. And, and if we're honest, that's some of what's happening here is that these things just can't stand in opposition to each other anymore within ourselves, within our relationships, within our communities, within our nations, and within our globe. They just won't stand. And this art of harmonizing these conflicts within ourselves, within our relationships, within our families, within our communities, within our nations, and within our globe really, truly is the way through. Right. And so if we accept that on some level as a humanity, we're evolving. If you if you don't believe me, go back and listen to the superpower network. Seven years of people talking about things that are happening that prove we're evolving. We have superpowers. If you if you didn't know, we have superpowers. We do. We're able to do amazing things when we remember who we are. And we're remembering who we are. Right. And so so accepting that believing that or don't, right? It doesn't really require belief, require your belief, right? To make, to make it so for anyone else. Then let's look at this notion of we want things that work for everyone, right? And it's easy. I, the, the LGBTQIA+, it doesn't matter how many years we go back. It's an easy targeted community because it's everywhere, right? It's, it's everywhere. It's diverse. Right. And, and, and it's it's an easy one to pick on because it makes us most uncomfortable. 
because it says the most about us and, and maybe where we've compromised aspects of ourselves or put ourselves in boxes or been complicit or complacent to things that ultimately don't feel good to us. They're not, they don't feel good in our systems because if we're honest, we've known forever that there are people that fall outside of our systems. We, we do, we, we know that people have been born differently than these boxes that we've created forever. The medical community has had to deal with these matters and parents have had to make really tough, tough decisions because we have a harsh world. That's what makes those decisions so tough. If we weren't so obsessed with genitalia, perhaps those decisions wouldn't be so tough, right? If we weren't so obsessed with who we're supposed to be and let people become, perhaps those decisions wouldn't be so tough and it wouldn't be medically necessary to select a gender at birth. And we can let people become who they want to become and give them the freedom to choose that for themselves. What do we care? What do we care? Because the current systems don't work. Here's a great example, right? I have fabulous examples for this. So I went in the army, paint the picture, 27 27 years old, master's degree, enlist in the army for counter intel right after 9-11, right? What is going on in the world? That was sort of the question. That was about all I had to go on. Anyway, so I'm going through the process. You've heard a couple of stories about the the recruitment process, but one of them in particular, this is going to get a little like in there for you. So, so just bear with me, right? Just deal with it. I had to deal with it. You can deal with it, I guess, right? I'm going through the military process and, and clearly women, not their forte, right? But they're getting, they were getting there and, and going through the medical procedures, right? Oh my gosh, the poking and prodding is like, I get it. You own me inside and out, fully understand this. And towards the end of the exam, I, I kid you not, really, truly hold your ears if you don't want to hear it, like, or just fast forward. I don't care, but, but you're going to hear the fact that I'm, I'm in this medical room, right? No one's prepared me for this conversation. Nobody's even told me that this is a thing that's coming to me. And, and in comes a doctor and decides to do a full on exam all up in there. Right. And, and I'm just going to paint this scenario. Like, like just the whole picture was like crazy town. And this, this was not someone I knew. It was a male doctor, which, you know, by that time it's like, whatever, you know, government owns you. That's kind of part of the deal. And so I was used to that at that time. I really wasn't expecting him to climb all up inside me. And, 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 and about the time I'm like, dude, this is just really not cool. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Cause no conversation, nothing had happened. Right. He goes, well, I have to make sure that you have all female parts. I'm like, you can't just take my word for it. And he's like, no. I was like, well, what would you do if I didn't? It's like, you can't come in the army if, if, if that were the case. I'm like, what if I didn't know? <laughs> what do you mean? You know, like, like, what are you talking about? Right. And, and that was the scene. That was the scene. And, and it was shocking to me, right? That was just in my face, like, huh? And, and I get it. It's not that I don't understand the culture. It's not that I don't understand the organization I've become part of. It, none of that was a surprise to me. What was amazing to me is that this obviously happened enough that the military had to implement some sort of a protocol. And that's not a simple process for them. So this is something that occurs, right? I use that as an example to say this isn't new, Right. We've been putting people in boxes that don't fit for everybody for a very, very, very long time. 
And now we're saying that that's not good enough. We want better, right? We want better. And and, and that's just one minor, minor matter happening within this giant LGBTQIA plus conversation. One minor matter, right? We, we have equality of marriage issues that, that, that are real concerns when you're talking about estate issues, right? Being able to make decisions about this person who you've had a relationship for de- de- with, de- with for decades or, and, and you can't be at their side when they pass, right? The indignities that people have endured for that. It's unnecessary. We can make space for everybody. And, and that's really our take here. We know these are hot topics, but we're going to open these conversations and we're going to talk about them because we also know that they're tough, right? And we know people have a lot of questions like what's really going on here? Like what's with this whole pronoun thing and what's with the, this? And, and ultimately, our, our, our invitation to you is to dig deep, to go underneath these conversations and look at where you're holding fear. Look at where you're holding on to some sort of privilege element that says, if I give into this, I have to give something up. If I make space, what maybe that's less space for me or my kids, right? My religious beliefs don't allow for this. And it's like, that's okay, but we do have freedom of religion here. Not everybody agrees with you. So, so, so we got to find a middle ground. It, it, we got to, we have to find a way to have these conversations and honor the things that we all think are important or things are going to have to go, right? Because we've got to find some harmony and some balance here, but we know we're not going backwards. We know we're not getting shoved back into boxes. We know the binary is over. We're not going back to, to ones and zeros, dots and dashes where it's just not happening. If nothing else, look at our kids. They are expressing in so many multidimensional creative ways. They're not going to stop. And the world they're creating encompasses that. If you can't see it, you're missing out. Because they're going to bring that world forward. We can be a part of it or, or, or we cannot. But it's there too. And so we're going to shine a light on that world. Because we know that every time one of us courageously expresses outside of the status quo, man, it, make, it makes room for all of us. For every one of us to say, hey, what if I don't want to do things this way? What if I don't want to fit in a box? What if woman looks like something very different for me than it does for you? Does that make me less of one? Right? What what if who I want to love doesn't fit in the kind of box? What if who I want to love changes? What does that mean about me? Do I not let them change? Because that might mean I have to change. Does our love disappear because somebody wants to evolve and grow? What? Like, I I think we're beyond these conversations and we can start talking about how can we creatively come together and create spaces that allow for all of us, right? In ways that, that make sense. And there are solutions. There are always creative solutions, always a win, win, win scenario if we choose to look. So during this feature, dig deep inside yourselves. If you start to feel uncomfortable, find out why. Nothing's happening to you. We're just talking. That's all we're doing. We're just talking. Nothing's happening to you. We taught Neva that way early on. Like, just talk, turn turn off the device. Close the computer, right? If you start to feel some kind of way inside yourself, that's inside yourself. Why? Why do you feel some kind of way about it, right? What is it igniting in you? Maybe it's a call to action for more more social impact about the matters that that you care about. 
Maybe you've been meaning to get involved and to uplift this conversation yourself. And now's the time, right? All kinds of feels go into these conversations, but those are your feels. Those are yours. Lean into them, dive into them, dig into them and figure out what's in it for you. Grow through it and see what emerges on the other side of it. See beyond the conversation that's obvious, that's the trap, and dig deep and see where you get to grow in the midst of the conversation. Find yourself within it. Find yourself in each other. We are all connected. Let's find our commonalities and our threads. If nothing else, we can always, always, always do that through love. We know how to love. So let's shine that brightly during this feature. Let's go into this space and let's recognize that we are uplifting courageous efforts to make space where space didn't exist before so that all of us have the freedom to individually express it as our most creative selves because we believe as part of our co-creative initiative that that truly is humanity's best chance moving forward. Okay. We love you all. Until next time, remember who you are and love each other. Goodbye for now. Hello, everyone. I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Director of Superpower Experts. If you're ready to activate your superpowers and turn your lifetime journey into the journey of a lifetime, go to superpowerexperts.com and get started today. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.